this is number five, chapter chapter five of the Healing in Him, Healing in Him um, book that we're transcribing. I highly, highly recommend if you're going to listen to this, please go listen, go first to um, the two, the three, or the four. I don't want to give the background right now on this one because it hops so fastly from the fourth one right now that I just recorded into Jesus Alone, My Healer, which is going to be the fifth one. This is a book on healing in Him and the journey of it. Again, I'm not going to give all of it back to this one. Go listen to the other ones to fully understand what I'm jumping into. But I believe in this chapter, the Holy Spirit's on how how we have to know that that healing is directly is from Jesus Christ and we do not need we don't need people laying on of hands and you may say well in scripture it says you know how anoint anoint it's gosh this is to the elders go anoint this person and lay on the hands and uh, for healing right i know there's that text in one of it's probably in Timothy or James. it's in James okay um that and this is why people are going to say, well, here's what I want to say. What I think that has happened in the church is that has gone so off the deep end that now we only are looking to ministers for healing. And now it's gone into a gutter. And sometimes to pull yourself out of the gutter, we got to chase We got to chase after what the minds are believing and seeing um, in the idolatry of that. In why there's something in the spirit of God shifting that people have to get it back to Jesus because that's what's been missed that my healing literally came from not one prayer from not one person laying hands on me that I had a full I've gotten a full body healing taking place over a year that came from an obedience in my life that came from a submission in my life so I felt like God showed me that people can have prayerful lives what does that mean means that you actually can live a life where your body is praying without your mouth. Oh, that's so, oh, that's so good. And this is going to be a Sarah experience because right now the only way I can give this is, is understanding would be the pain and suffering that we see in the New Testament of people living. That I actually believe that there was a, there was an actual, a principle behind that, that was that their obedience was almost prayer at times for them. Because there's times that you will be in so much sickness and pain, you can't pray. It's so hard to pray because of how sick you are. Like if people knew the grace that was on me this last year, like when this began, the word of God gave it to me mid-March. It began, I started to get the effects of it end of March. So we're about a year. And then just, oh my gosh, got beginning April 1st, it just starts so, it just got worse and worse and worse. Well, the funny thing is April 1st, so it was quarantine and I am, I'm not a TV watcher. I wasn't before. I had a TV and stuff, but I wasn't somebody who watched much TV. So when I had to start using it because it was quarantine and my, what I was feeling sick, my TV had a, an issue and it, I started crying <laughs> because I felt like I lost my only friend. <laughs> Because it was the only thing I had. I was so sick. It was quarantine. And I told Pam that I um, that I felt like I lost my only friend. And then I didn't I didn't know what I was going to do. Because I was not in the... I did not want to go buy a whole new TV. I didn't care enough about TV. She shows up with her husband April 1st the night with a brand new TV and a sound bar. And I mean, that was God. You have no idea how this much it was from God. I had no idea... I was going to be sick for almost a year with what God was doing in my body and how much 
flipping TV I was gonna watch. Same day, I also found a $100 bill when I was walking my neighborhood on the grass. So, and what's funny about that is that two things God was showing me that day. Sometimes God will actually show, give you something to prepare you to have faith through a season. And I took it as, oh my gosh, the promises are like, God, you're just, you know, whatever. This is a special, you, I find random cash on the ground. Like who finds a hundred dollar bill when they're walking through their neighborhood? Like that's just weird, first of all. And then that I um, get a, a brand new TV while I'm thinking like something else. Well, no, God was preparing me that I was about to go into a really crappy season where I had to have faith. And like understanding that there's things that God will, you know, do as a, as a blessing. So you have faith when you may come into a trial or, or a, 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 it's something that's hard. So he gives me a new TV, which is crazy to me because I'm like, oh, can, we could say, you know, you know, we can't be that spiritual if you watch TV all day, every day. Well, guess what? I watched so much TV because I couldn't do anything. I could not pray. There were times that I tried to pray and the Holy Spirit would literally silence my mouth and tell me, no, you are not going to exhaust yourself trying to get something from me right now. This is a prayer. This is a promise that nobody can pray for. There's not a prayer that needs to be prayed for this because this is a word from my mouth that will not return void. And you've already prayed it out through your obedience. That's so good. That could be one of the points. Pray, prayerful life through obedience. That's going to be, and then faith. That'll be the two points in this one. Um, and so he would silence it. I mean, he, and even when people wanted, when you guys wanted to pray for me, I wouldn't let you guys pray for me. It was not anointed in the spirit. Like it, it just wasn't, you guys could pray and intercede on your own, but praying for me, like it just wasn't. Spirit of God is like, this is a word that you're bought. You already prayed out. You can watch TV all day, every day. And that was so crazy to me because I get really affected spiritually by certain things. I can feel things through movies. I can feel things come in the atmosphere. Like there's just, I'm, I'm ultra sensitive to that stuff. I'm not crazy. Like I like suspenseful action movies. I love Marvel movies. I love like anything that's a superhero. <laughs> and I like 2020 <laughs> and like shows like that. But there's certain things that like I can't watch a lot of 20, 20s now because there are a lot of murders. But during this thing, I could watch the things I could never watch because I was blocked spiritually. It made no sense. Now, that's not horror movies. If people hear me correctly, there wasn't a grace on me to watch horror movies. But I literally watched so many movies that I could never spiritually because now it's off me. And I can't watch any of the things that I could have watched during that because I was blocked spirit. Like the grace of God was on me because of what I was suffering. And if this is what I was trying to tell people in one of the pastors, I said, if people understood God sees your pain and suffering and you, and people fight so hard to sit there and exhaust themselves and confessions and prayer and this and that. And there's just times that man, his grace is on you that you need to rest you need to shut down. You can turn on a movie. You can have a glass of wine. Like seriously, this whole like idea that we need to understand there's deception on too much grace, but there's deception on too much legalism of works of scripture. How do we find a balance between the two? Well, first of all, it came for me from a submitted life. So like me submitting my life in obedience that that was the prayer and fasting had already taken place to release such a such a perfected promise from God that when it was released, the pain and suffering on it, I was not to pray. I was not to fight for it. I was allowed to do things that, you know, other people you would not be allowed to because the grace of God was on a word that he was releasing. And when it was done, he removed that grace. I don't got it no more. I cannot watch this. I can't. I remember I got affected a couple of times. Okay. One day I watched five episodes of 2020 
and that jacked me up a little bit. <laughs> I was up in the middle of the night, like feeling spiritual stuff and a little bit harassed. Okay. So it happened to me like one time, but it's cause I watched too many, um, there are like, there are a lot of murder shows and murder. And I did watch a lot of murder shows. I watched a lot of that stuff on Hulu, on Hulu and stuff like that. But I, it, but there was a, there was this weird grace that I could actually watch these things. But then there was, you know, there was where I watched too many in, in one day of murder shows and I got spiritually harassed that night. I was like, okay, lesson learned. I won't watch five, five, 20, 20s. Cause that's like eight hours of eight hours, of, eight hours of TV. So here's like my point with that. I'm like, you're going to have like times in your life that you need to put away your legalism, legalism. Like you need to put away your idea of fighting so hard for God. And you need to understand that if you walk in obedience and submission and intimacy, that that will translate in certain times of your life as prayer and fasting because of the obedience. It also will translate as faith. And this is that, and this is in scripture. I can, and I can prove, and I can prove um, some of this, what I, I, I feel I see in like James and stuff of how we need to shift the idea of faith being translated, not just your mouth and you doing all these things to get God to move on your behalf, but it's, it's translated through your, through your heart. It's a, it's, it's shown through your heart choices. It's thrown, shown through your submission and you will have grace in certain areas based on that. So I'm, I read, I did talk about this for a second in the podcast before we're in talking about all, all the leaders and stuff like that. But this is, has to be a big part of this, of this book of understanding faith differently because faith has gotten demonized. <laughs> That's so good. It's gotten demonized. The, the theology of faith being taken too far has gotten demonized. And I explain that in debunking certain parts of the healing theology. Okay. James, James one, not first James, which is what I say all the time too. Do you hear me say that? I called it first James in the last one. I get stuff. I say the weirdest things. I hear it back. I'm like, what am I even talking about? Okay, this is verse two. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider an opportunity for great joy. So you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let me put it like this. Your faith being tested, your result to that test, your response to that test is representing your faith. So this isn't your mouth representing your faith. This would be your actions in a test. Now, if we want to say a test is you claiming that you're going to get that house and it's going to, you're going to get it by saying that's my house in Jesus name and no one else confess against that. Because if you do, this is really how they teach this. I'm not joking. People who have been under word of faith, you know what I'm talking about. It has gone way too far with the younger people who've received this message and they don't get it in truth. They're, they're tripping on how they're, how they're thinking this is. So they're going to say, um, Oh my gosh, somebody told me this. Align my faith for my husband. Align my faith for my husband. So wait, my faith is going to bring my husband? That's such whack, a doodle. That is crap. What God am I serving that I need to align my faith rather than align my heart to God? That's what I need to do. Because my brokenness towards marriage wasn't like this faith idea of my confession and changing some. It was my heart's pain of my past of men that had to be healed through him. Not me saying I align my faith for a man. 
I had uh, somebody pray prophetically over me years ago and said, this was the word of God she gave me. This was God saying this, that if I don't shift my faith in certain things towards marriage, God's going to give my husband to another woman. And she gave it that, said that to me as if that was God's voice because my faith, my faith was like off with it. I got told multiple times, align your faith for your, like you, that is so like, again, that's witchcraft. Like that is literally that I am going to do this to get God and get a man. Oh, if I align, I need to, you, people hear this correctly. If you understand there's a legalistic work idea behind that, that if I say, Thank you, God, my husband's coming in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, my husband. Now, here's what I did talk to. I talked to my cigarettes, and I share this on the mouth and living in freedom and in abide. I talked to myself about being free of bipolar. And here's the thing. I was not turning God into my, my dancing monkey by doing that. I was dealing with myself. I was dealing with the fact I could believe God for it. Now, if I had to deal with something in myself of saying, God, I, I believe I could be married. Okay, let's just, that, okay. That's one thing versus, hey, I have to align through works. Something in me to get a dude to come. That is what we have right now in faith. Like you have, if I say over and over again, thank you, God, that I am going to get this house that I am, um, so you're trying to buy a house, you and your spouse, let's say. You have been taught that in, in, in faith that, if you say it enough, maybe you start packing up your own home in faith because this is your work in faith because faith without works is dead and that's the scripture you're wrapping this up in. So your works is to do that without God's voice telling you to do that. It is one thing as the voice of God says, I want you to do this. Now God has had me do things purposely um, in response to marriage. He's had me do things purposely in faith, believing knowing what what something certain details about who who the who the guy is when the timing all that stuff now that's one thing based on me doing it like a broken little bride trying to get a dude to pick her up <laughs> right so you have where people who are going to say okay my works to my faith is that i'm going to pack up my house not because god said it because i'm going to get god to respond to what i do because this is how i'm going to move him through scripture this is such a good point. Holy moly. Okay. Then my next thing is this house that I just put in an offer for, there's 10 other offers for me to get it, for God to move in. I'm going to say that that's my house over and over again. There's so many people listening to me right now that it's flipping you out because you've done this. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I know it because I've done it. I know I got twisted under the theology. Let me just explain to you why, why this is, it gets you off. You can do that if God spoke to you. God said, this is something I want you to do. Just start packing up. Get ready. That is one thing versus you doing it to get him to move on your behalf. That's witchcraft. That's manipulation. You think you can manipulate him. That is a deception in scripture that that's the works that, that James is talking about. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? I promise you, I bet James was talking about testing and trials that you would stand that God is good. You would stand even when things come again. You think they were dealing with that back then? Are you kidding? The persecution on the church was so crazy. And yet we put that together as getting a new home. God, they were just trying to stand and not have like the, the cities taken over. Not having like, you know, crazy persecutions being hung upside down. Yet we've translated that, that that's going to be towards you claiming that that house is for you. So God will give it to you. 
And that's really what you have happening. So you have the, that's what this, this is how this has been interpreted because people lacking wisdom into the bulk of this, that that is not your faith. Your faith is your obedience. It's your submission. It is believing that he's faithful. That is it. And if you don't get the home because he's faithful, not because you've talked about it enough. I've had people tell me, don't say that to me because we're believing for the opposite. And it was literally a question about her husband's job. And she wouldn't want to talk about it because they're believing for the opposite. If that is not a sign that something is off with you and God in intimacy and understanding really truth and word that you could control things in the world by that, like we are tripping with how far free will has gone. We are tripping with how far we think our power of our mouth and our tongue has gone. But we have taken these scriptures and we have put witchcraft on them. We put manipulation on them. And this will set you free. If people got this without getting mad because I twisted up what you've been raised in. Some people have been raised in these word of faith teachings. You don't know anything else. And I have compassion for you because you just have only known this. You got taught it by your parents. You got taught it by your pastors. They have turned this and it's so, so, so off. It's gone too far. And I just want to speak grace over you. Don't, don't judge what I'm saying. Let me, let me, let this bring you freedom. I bet you get worn out by how hard you think you have to work to get God to give you these things you want rather than trusting that he's good and faithful and that your faith is your obedience. Not that. Okay. Um, if you need wisdom, ask God generously. Oh wait. So, so let it grow. Then when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete needing nothing. Perfect and complete needing nothing. At some point, your life will display something that is perfect and complete, needing nothing. I do not confess God doing things for me like that. I don't. I'm a friend. We're friends. I'm a friend with God. If I go to talk to him, I don't just talk about myself. I actually talk and want to tell him how much I love him. I want to tell him he's good. I want to minister. I don't sit there and go, God, thank you. Thank you, God, that you're going to give me this. Thank you, God, that you're going to do this. Sometimes I have to remind myself, thank you, God, I know my healing's about to flip. Thank you, God, I know that this is going to happen, even though I felt sick this last week. Thank you, God, that I know that your word's faithful. Now, that is one thing that I am doing. That's a prayerful praise, man. I'm just claiming something that he told me. I am not trying to manipulate him. If anything, I'm trying to change my heart because I, get, I got tested in questioning. That was towards me, not towards him. That was not getting him to move on my behalf. It's getting Sarah to believe he's faithful. That is one thing. That is not a, a, this works mentality of manipulating God for me. Now, if you have to deal with yourself that way, that is one thing. That is one thing combating yourself like that in prayer. It's another thing when you think you're moving God on behalf of that. He is not your monkey. He ain't your monkey. Ooh. And a lot of people tapped into witchcraft by doing it and got things that weren't from him because of that. Because then the demon was like, all right, I'll make that work. <laughs> I'll make that work for you, sure. Is that the dude you want? You're going to confess him over and over? Okay, I'm going to put a thought in his mind to look at you and, and come after you. And now you're going to tell yourself that that was God responding to your faith for that guy. <gasps> That's really good. <laughs> oh, you hear, you got a word in your head because you wanted a man or a man that wanted a woman and you got that in your head so you thought that you're going to do something to get that to come to pass because it's God's word yet it wasn't God's word that demon moved on behalf of that and now you're going to blame God my next book called strategies that's coming baby this is really good <laughs> this is why it felt like uh, so for for an for an example of my own my healing flipped huge at 
in February. I share it in the podcast. I have this dream. God says two days I was going to get be really sick and then something was going to flip. It happened. Flipped like crazy. So much. Oh, my gosh. Like, I was blown away by how much my hormones changed, my next brand new, all of this. Well, leading up to my podcast, The Doctrine of Balaam, the closing out of these um, dealing with these leaderships and then releasing this book, I come under not not the bad stuff in the healing. I come under what feels like the old stuff. Like, um, well, it's my, it's kind of, I guess it kind of is, but not. It's like I was getting weird migraines. My pelvis went out. My rib went out. Um, my shoulder. My, I mean, it was all the things that it was like, I was like, what on earth? And what, what do I get? I get a chance to either take the bait of Satan that God's word isn't what he said it was and it didn't fully manifest or and I get a I get to, to push against a trial and acknowledge that right now God's doing something so huge spiritually that sometimes the enemy is used in um in resistance before it breaks. Like we have Jesus in the wilderness in Luke four. He just gets anointed. He then goes and fasts in intimacy with no food for forty days. He gets tempted by the devil before his ministry released now if we don't understand that there are things that the word of god it is it is being released that he has said over your life that he said to you now you don't you will get a temptation to make you think that he is not faithful when you see a glimpse of it oh that's so good and and the temptation to then go back so what is my faith in this moment my faith is not Thank you, God, it's done. 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 Because I'm trying to move him to do it for me. No, my faith in this moment is standing and doing a book on healing when old stuff came on me. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> that is using the word of God and walking it out in faith. My faith is my action through the word of God in obedience, not to move him. I'm not trying to move him by writing this book. I am being obedient to what he told me to do, even though I have felt horrible, horrible. If people knew how bad all night long, the pain in my body, when my healing got full, would start to get fully released, then writing a book on healing, the enemy's tempting me to make me think it's not there. What is, what is, what is, this is biblical. This is all over scripture. This is what we have. The enemy wants to take the word of God out of your mouth and out of your life and make you think that it, it, it returns void. It doesn't return void. It doesn't. He will tempt you with it. He will tempt you with not believing that it is. You know what I believe? I believe that this shows me even more that my healing's about to flip like crazy because of this pressurizing while writing this book. And if people understood, I have to live out what I teach. That's why there's such an anointing on, on my speaking. I don't keep notes. I don't, you dude, I can get a mic and give a five hour teaching with no notes and just have a Bible by me. And why is that? Because the word of God's in me, man, because I live it. I have to live it. I have to live it in weird ways that doesn't make sense. And when you live, live it, you don't need your mouth to prove it like that. I don't need to move God through my mouth. Because my, my life is an intimacy and people's life need to get an intimacy. Stop trying to manipulate God. Get on your knees before him and get to know his son. That's it. That's all that's needed. Jesus alone is the one who can do all these things, not just these ministers, not just the idea of what looks gifted. Get it from him through your life displaying him. That's so good. <laughs> this is really good. Oh, my headache goes away after this now. <laughs> okay. 
If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. When you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God and God alone. So here's the thing. He says ask him for wisdom. He doesn't say ask him for a new home. He doesn't say ask him for this, this, and this. Let me tell you something. I prayed for wisdom and revelation. I prayed for more authority. I've never prayed for the gifts of the spirit. And I never prayed that I would get like things like, oh God, give me a man or give me a home or give me, I mean, I've prayed money to come in when I've needed money, but God totally shifted that on me too. He taught me so much through that, that I, me praying for money was a place of fear and faith meant I would not pray and I would not ever collect donations or ever collect an offering. That was my faith. That will be backwards for people if you understand this. Me teaching a congregation how to reap what you sow is me manipulating you to give to my ministry. <laughs> oh, that's so good too. I'm like a five-year-old, I wanna clap for myself. I was told that I needed to train people in my ministry by send out newsletters. This was advice I got, okay? And this person, I was like, um, you think you're mentoring you? I think I need to mentor you. Okay, this was a pastor and, his, and their wife said, you need to train your ministry people how to give. So you need to send out newsletters of how to reap what you sow. Use the scriptures of the tithe, blah, 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 blah. And I remember thinking, that just sounds so manipulative and demonic. Like, yet the church has been twisted this way, that this is what we do. That we need to teach people this is what you're going to get. If you give to my ministry, this is what you're going to get. Now, as jokes, I do say you will be more blessed if you give to my ministry. <laughs> because I'm demolishing Jezebel. But that's like a joke. I'm not going to teach that to people. I'm not going to go out and be like, I'm not going to tell you, like send out a newsletter to you that you reap what you sow to get you to give to me. That's so crazy. And that's literally what churches do. They're like, we have to train our audience to, to reap what you sow. Why don't you train the audience to love God? When you love God, you don't need to train them anything else. Train them to be submitted to him and obey him and love him and know him and know Jesus. I don't need to do anything besides that. People wouldn't understand how I have more money coming in in my ministry and I don't do anything public. I don't raise money. Yeah, more, more, more money keeps coming in. Like that doesn't make sense. I didn't train anyone to do that because God is, is breaking the box right now that's on church that we've used doctrines to box him in. And this needs to flip. We cannot manipulate people to give into things based on what they're gonna get back. That is demonic. And that's what you have people sowing into God that way. I'm gonna do this towards God to get this back from him. So I'm gonna sow $1,000 over here and hope that he gives me that home over there. That's such manipulation in the spirit, people. You are taking scripture and you're being deceived by it. You're being deceived. When you give your tithe, when you give your money, you need to give it as I am letting this go. I am giving into what God wants me to give into. What I get back has nothing to do why I give this. I give this out of obedience and admiration for who God is. And give it to a ministry that's not a joke, please. Find a ministry that's actually doing something that's changing things. Not a ministry that manipulates you with your 10% tithe. Oh! <laughs> I had such a headache when I stopped talking. If I stop talking, I'm just like, this is so crazy in the spirit. This is so good. This is such a good point. This will somehow make sense at the end of this book because people are doing this towards healing. Oh, I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
that if you do this, this, and this, that you're going to get what back? What do you mean they did it to you? To get that same message of, like, if you sow into this, like, oh, you'll reap it. Right. And they may say you'll reap it in your body. You'll reap it with more money coming in. You'll reap it in this. That is witchcraft witchcraft theology that is twisting the words of God and the heart of God behind it. And that's what you have going on. And I want people to open your eyes. This will set you so free. Oh, my gosh, it'll set you so free. You will remove why you tithe. If you are tithing to get something back, I challenge you to stop tithing at all and get deal with your heart. Seriously, don't tithe. Why are you doing that? If you are giving into something to get something back from where you're giving, meaning you're doing it to get something back from God, get his blessing, get his favor, then you need to stop tithing because, sir, you need to get on your knees before God. Because that's a problem. You don't give money into a ministry to get something from God. You don't give to a church to get something. You do it out of admiration towards the kindness of God's heart and you wanting to help what he's working through. Give it to somewhere that's working through purity. That's all I got to tell you. If you if you find that your church manipulates this way, stop giving to them. Oh, oh, those churches that don't like it. Well, you're witchcrafty, so shut up. Like, give it to a church that doesn't need to manipulate their audience. When I, and I can say this, I started a church. So I sat at church for a year. <laughs> I was the associate pastor. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't believe women should be pastors, to be quite honest. I don't care if you have a problem with that. I don't think women should pastor a church or head a church like that. Um, that's, a, that's a man's job. Women, women, you can be public speakers. You can preach to men. You can do evangelist stuff. You can be do prophet stuff. But as the head pastor of a church, that is that is incredibly off. Um, and I don't know why I just went off on that one. Where was I? I was going to say something about, where was I going? Why did I just, I was saying, what about, oh, that I was an associate pastor. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, first of all, yes, I did start the church. Um, but we weren't we were trying to do it we were doing something in the spirit of god that was to look differently so there was no pastor or something i dealt overseeing spiritually like i was help covering what was going on that's what i'm really good at i can cover if god gives me an authority with the ministry i can cover your ministry spiritually i can see what's coming in that's what i did and i spoke a lot and i had headed the prayer but we were not doing like Oh, pastor this, pastor that. That's what I don't agree with. With a woman, if you're like over a I just find I don't, this is my personal opinion. Plus I think it's scriptural. I don't, I just don't get it. It's just odd to me. So that that's my opinion on that. Put that out. But yes, I did start church. Um, and I learned this. I We never took up money. We never took up offerings. Nobody was paid. And yeah, we were a weirdo church, right? I mean, the guy who we did it with, this was his location for with his business. And so the location we already had, um, when people did worship, they volunteered, they did worship. I was the one that spoke a lot. The Scott spoke a lot. I um, mean, we just had people come and, and I, and like, seriously, God was just showing like when my hands on something, a location, like you don't need to manipulate your audience to pay for stuff. Like, God will take care of it. He may have people just randomly give a lot of money for no reason, and they do it without you ever talking about it. And that's been the journey God's had me on. You don't raise money. I will bring money in. You won't charge for things. You're not going to um, have contracts into things. Like, there's a reason God's done it with me this way because there, there's a reality that it works, first of all. It's worked. I've clearly reaped what I've sown, and my sowing was not me manipulating you. My sowing was obedience to him. So let's check our message on reaping what we sow 
and the in the doctrine and the in the scripture behind it we the, we teachers teachers that hear me teach this you know i'm calling you out and you know i can stand behind what i'm saying and you need to rethink what you're doing with those scriptures that's it rethink what your heart's doing and why you're doing it and if you think it's because you need to train your congregation to give i promise you you need to train your congregation to love god that's what you need to do and you need to display his heart and purity that's it and in that he will move on your behalf he will move you think he can't do that you think you have to manipulate people to do that you think you have to manipulate his spirit to do that my gosh the reason God has so much favor with these things with me is because I don't manipulate him. I don't try to do that. You can't manipulate God. It's impossible. You're going to manipulate a demon. Demons like to be manipulated. That's the thing. Demons respond to manipulation. It's all over scripture. All the false God and idols in the New Testament, they're fed through manipulation. They're fed through what the human will do through sin by having sex on the te at the temple, by killing children sacrificing children by doing these things demons were manipulated and fed by sin you cannot try to use scripture and then do things and manipulate god moving because you sowed with money it's demonic we're missing the heart of god and this is towards towards healing you don't need to manipulate god in healing your faith can be displayed in such a different way okay but when you ask and be sure your faith is in God alone, do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is unsettled of the wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. The loyalty is divided between God and the world. They are unstable in everything that they do. God blesses those, this is 12, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterwards, you will receive a crown of life and God has promised to those who love him. What if I just close it on, on, on that? Like, what if you actually look at everything that you have desired to see God move on your behalf, that everything that you do is just learning to patiently endure testings and trials? That's it. What if that's it? You and learn to endure when you're tested and suffering and sickness in your body and you haven't seen healing yet. You learn to endure and you're tempted by that, yet you stay obedient and you don't blaspheme him. And when I had someone ask me the other day, what is blaspheme God? I didn't realize that that's something some people wouldn't understand. When I say blaspheme God, what I'm saying is speaking against his character verbally. So you say out loud to people or through your life by turning against him, he is someone who he's not. So if something doesn't go your way, you say things angrily about him. And I hear people do this all the time about, I feel left by him, forgotten by him, because this, this, and this, yet God literally just gave you a promise of a child, gave you a promise of something you stood on forever. But because you struggle with that baby, or it's you're feeling hard, it's being hard as a mom, or it's being hard in this area over here, you say he's someone who he's not, based on that trial. That is blaspheming God. That's what I mean by that. You not doing that in trials and temptations is a sign of faith and obedience by you not doing that. You not getting mad. Do you know how many opportunities I sh could have walked away? The only reason I have done what I've done and God's going to bless it even more than what it is and as I watch it finally come to, into the reward of what I've sown into in my life is that I didn't walk away from him. That I have had more pain and suffering than anyone I've met at my age. Anyone I've met doing ministry, I have endured more than them. And they would, and I've said this before, they would say, oh, what do you do? I didn't know. I actually, I actually didn't. I was willing to do it. That's the difference. 
I was willing to go through hardships. I was willing to suffer in my body to see him deliver an entire room. And that's the way God rewarded me. The anointing on me grew. The anointing and power that would go through me grew because I was trustworthy to him. Because when I was in pain and suffering, I didn't say he was someone that he's not. And I didn't walk away from him. Oh, <laughs> people would say, isn't that pride? I don't know. Jesus let me boast about it right now. Not really sure. Seems in scripture that the trials and temptations and the sufferings were boasted about, not the encounters. So not quite sure if that's considered pride or if that's something that people need to learn is a bigger display of your heart towards God rather than your encounter. Oh, <laughs> let's write that one too. <laughs> Who would have known? Dang, what do you do with that? We got to change our heart as a church, people. That's what we got to do. We need to look at things differently. And there are so many times that I would be just stricken with crazy, crazy things of the warfare on my life because I was about to, I moved into corporate deliverance probably three years ago. Corporate deliverance means that I am. I will pray and cast demons off of a room without laying hands, meaning the people in the audience. And uh, you wouldn't understand, understand that or say, um, I don't know, maybe you'd say, well, I don't see that in um, the Bible. There's a lot of things of healing and stuff that in scripture don't go into tons of detail of probably what a lot of stuff was going on in the spirit realm and things like that. But the spirit of God can do that in, in, in a room any, when, when he chooses. The problem is, is the atmospheres and what the vessels and the people in those places carry block the spirit of God coming into that power and, and clarity, if that makes sense. The atmosphere can be blocked, first of all, by the demonizing of the theology, the demonizing of the leadership, all of that stuff, and the fact that those people never walk through those giants of demons to go head to head with them because it will hurt you so bad what demons do in attacking when you're exposing them. And that's just, it's a very, very, it's just a testing that, you know, I've had to go through to be able to do corporate deliverance like that and watch God, God move in, move in on a room like that. So moving in on just that, I mean, everything I moved in, I had things shift in each year of doing more of like, okay, going from sessions to meetings, to corporate, to not laying on a hands, not having to speak even talk anymore when I would do deliverance. I could walk through an atmosphere. Just the way that God started moving differently when it comes to authority came through actually extreme, extreme stuff of physical things I dealt with in the warfare. And then I would get to the event or whatever it was. And then the power of how God did it was so crazy. So there was something in the suffering that gave me that land. And when I got that land, that was my reward to see God move in and help that many people because he needed someone who was going to be strong enough to not blaspheme him in pain. Otherwise, it would be for my glory and not his. And he had to know it wouldn't be for my glory because was I willing to be in pain and not get glory from it? That's the test of people that I don't see happening today. There's too much natural glory happening for people without the suffering and pain to where you don't want that glory on you. You want the glory from him. You want to carry Jesus's glory. You want it you and him. You don't want it from people. We should not be fed by that. We shouldn't. We shouldn't like everybody saying, oh, I'm going to this meeting with this person and he's going to sign my book. You should, that should make you vomit on yourself. If you're the leader, that's okay with that. You shouldn't want it. That's a good point. It's so true. You shouldn't want it. 
Here's what you should want. You should want to know that the power of God is going to be so purified that it is going to be displayed through you to bring them to Jesus, not to you. That has to be Jesus alone. It has to be him alone. And what are you willing to endure to do that? That's the leadership. Now I'm going to tell to the people that go into these these meetings, you want a leader like that who literally doesn't want you to be that way with them. Don't get offended by the fact that I am not like ultra responsive to people who ask me repetitively for stuff you i've had people snap i mean i've blocked people because they didn't like that i wouldn't constantly respond for prayer for them or whatever they want repetitively my discernment what do you think about this sarah what do you think about this and i shut it down and and it could offend people when if they understood dude i'm shutting it down because you need to know it's jesus you don't need to go to a person repetitively. They aren't the answer. And if people see you want your leader to be that way, I promise you that is actually the gold. You don't want them wanting you to come all the time to you. And you know, you know how many leaders get power from that because people return and want their prophetic word? I mean, or want to know what they think about this and they think about that because it makes them feel like they know. Oh my gosh, even if I did know all the stuff you're coming to me for, I wouldn't tell you half of it. Because I don't want you to come to me over him. Oh, that's so good. Jesus alone, man. Jesus alone. We got to get lead. You want to be under that leadership, people. I promise you, don't be offended by them. If they're like that, if they're not accessible to you all the time, if they're not someone who, and well, of course, famous people aren't going to be accessible to you, but they're making themselves accessible by all their like bestseller and by having huge conferences over and over and over again. That's making them accessible and doing prayer lines, doing prophetic words. That's the stuff that shouldn't be as accessible repetitively, meaning maybe some of the meetings shouldn't carry an encounter. Maybe it should just be a teaching. That's how we're going to remove the, the candy of it, right? That's how we're going to make sure it's Jesus and Jesus alone where it would get to an end of it and where I won't, maybe God will say, Sarah, you won't do a prayer line on this one. Here's what I'm going to have you do. I'm going to have you raise your hands and I'm going to have you ask that I just drop in the room and let me move individually on each of their hearts, conviction, healing, deliverance. And that's a purified power of God and what he's moving into in this next era. I truly believe I'm going to get to see this where it doesn't need a prayer line. You don't need hands. He will do individual without words of knowledge, without anything. He will do individual things by the fact that the, that, that, that the atmosphere of leadership is pure. So the leadership in that atmosphere is pure. So that, that because the leadership is the authority over an atmosphere. It's an authority over a meeting you go to. And an atmosphere gets demonized by certain doctrines and by certain ways that they're living in their own life and certain ways they're not covering their own leadership, meaning they have leaders under them that are Jezebels and they're allowed to be out laying hands on people in that audience. That's a good one too. And they, even though that leader isn't not pure, the leader's pure, they're lacking discernment that the leadership underneath them is demonized. Those are the people I really want to help. Here's what, here's what I'll do with them. I'm going to say, get your leaders. Let's put them in one row. <laughs> Stand up. Let me just walk down the row. And I am going to duck, duck, goose. When I goose them, remove them. <laughs> oh, <that's, laughs> oh, when I, there's going to be a day that Jesus gives me that type of where people trust me like that. And that they'll trust that I can pick up that stuff that easily because I can. 
Uh, you just need, I need just leaders that would trust me that I can do that. I gotta, I gotta build my resume. I'm working on my resume, okay? <laughs> when I build my resume, these certain people I call, I get success, you're gonna know that I could. That I could meet with the leaders and I will tell you which ones are, are carrying stuff that can't be in leadership. And I don't need to hear you talk. I don't want to, I'll, I'll just pick it up in the spirit. And, uh, and then they, they say, okay, you take, you take those leaders aside. You either put them in counseling. You deal with certain things with them. But them in leadership, they're, they're, they're access points. Uh, access points. <laughs> I'm going to do. I want to do leadership boot camp. I want to help people who, who have their, their leaders underneath them structured and they don't know because they, ha they talk a good talk. And um, they may display demonic gifts. And because of that, they've been allowed in leadership. And the pastors or the head people just don't know that that's what they're doing underneath them. And the problem is, is those leaders underneath these head people, they're cursing them. They're able to curse them by, by what they're walking in as the leaders underneath them. So you have those, those people who are going to be in the audience, out laying hands or ministering under that leadership. What that opens up, it accesses things in the spirit realm. Now that that head person was in purity, didn't mean for it, didn't in no way knew that this is what's happening, but this is how strategically demons are working. And now you have people in the congregation getting affected by these low, these other, other leaders. This is the season we're going to go into. Now, this is the stuff I know. I absolutely know God's going to help me, help me with these, those types of leaders and cleansing out their leadership and showing and letting, letting, um, me come in and do like a type of counseling. Like I would just come in. I wouldn't really line them up in a row and duck, duck, goose them, but <laughs> I would meet with them. I'd be more compassionate. I, I can have grace. I would do it in a very loving, kind way, but I, I'm going to call it for what it is and, and what they're doing. But that's what you're ha That's what's happening right now in the spirit realm. That's the things that are being accessed that you're having right now where people are going to go into a setting for an encounter, for healing, for deliverance, whatever it is. And it's not impurity. We're not getting it the way that it needs to be. It's not coming strictly from just Jesus because of these atmospheres that are broken and open. Um, all right, I'm closing this one now. So this was this was the close the closure to it. If we want to, we got to shift this the thing that's happening in 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 healing and watch what he's, God's going to do in this in this new season. Um, in knowing that it is Jesus, it's Jesus alone. Um, he's the only one who can give a perfected healing to a person, one that's not going to return back on you, one that is from him and him alone. But people, check your hearts for the leadership you're under, the churches you're under. Stop getting manipulated by your tithes. Stop getting manipulated by faith. Let's let's grow our discernment and, and buy my book when Moira's done with it. <laughs> Just my book's going to be for my Bible school. This, this book is going to be a, my curriculum for my Bible school. That's what, it, that's what it'll be. So we're, we're finishing it up, but the teachings are at least done and we'll be, we'll be working on the book. Okay. Um, goodbye. <laughs> Wait, should I pray? <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like when I don't know how to land a plane, I leave everyone hanging at the edge of their seats. Jesus, I just pray over hearts and mind, Lord, that we would shift our eyes, God, towards the doctrines that have been demonizing people, Father, towards the the uh, the way that witchcraft has seeped into leadership in churches that we're, we're actually twisting your word and we're allowing it to become a doctrine of demons, man. And God, we, we have a, we, we, it, the purity of heart of people that just don't know that this is all they've known. This is all they've taught, but they haven't understood this in truth and what is actually happening. Father, pray that eyes are open through this book. I pray that eyes are open towards your spirit moving in purity. I pray into this next shift and whatever is taking place, Father, just into this month and going into, um, 
going into Easter, Lord, and just this flip even in my own body and just what's happening, God, in this revelation that is to take place over the church of a purified move of God, Father, that it is about your son and only your son, that leadership, God, gets removed and that the, that we see the face of your son, Father, take hold of, of the church and get, and get it back to the way that he has wanted it um, to be the reason he gave up his body for this church, the reason he gave up his body for us, Father, that, that our eyes would be renewed and our, and our um, hearts and minds and our, it would be renewed in the name of Jesus. Amen.